Hello and welcome back to the League 31 Drive the Lane podcast. We're talking NTT here today. Uh, as you guys remember, DTL is all about this. Those who can't play basketball coach and those who can't coach play DTL. Uh, I am your host today, Coach Jimmy Neutron, uh, you know, the host with the most and the French toast. And then we got uh, my my co-host today uh, feeling a little moldy, getting back into the uh, NTT. I got Coach Cheese here. Coach what Cheeto. a wonderful intro. How do I even respond to that and try to follow up? You really don't have to. I'll just do the podcast Sounds good. on my own. All right. I'll just, uh, I'll <laughs> no, just relish yeah. League 42 and you can talk about League 31. Sure. Yeah. 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 Happy uh, signing day to League 42 and Test League today. Um, for those of you who are in it and didn't know um, or are not in it, she's just got the 3-1 class uh, in League 42. So that's pretty exciting. How pretty you pumped, man. I think one of our guys is a future uh, league player of the year. So he's he's living up in the scrimmage right now. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like an absolute stud. I got a 2029 class, yeah. a couple clearly 1-1. Yeah. Uh, it's not, not bad. It's definitely serviceable. Um, but when you graduate the four, two class, we took you to two elite eights and a sweet 16 or two sweet 16s feels bad, man. Um, but, more but like thankful to have it. a top 50 class. Yeah. 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 That's fair. Yeah. And I got the fourteen eleven class in, uh, T league, which was, uh, also, I mean, it sounds good, but, but the two, two I broke was, a, a is a plus four guy who's goods across good good fair good good fair good or something like that i don't know um so it was like good but still disappointing but we're, we're not really talking about our ratings here with the league 31 crowd we're really boosting okay. our ratings here with the league 31 crowd. we we are yeah yeah i'm sure anchorage is really excited to uh i actually don't know if alkaiser has a, a, co- a team in these but hey shout out shout out to you coach and um, I feel like these are a lot of coaches I don't know in this region, um, outside of you, Clearwater, uh, Rockford. Same. So we'll get to it though. I, I, I feel like pretty excited about this region. Um, feel like it has a potential champion in here, but we'll talk about that. Let's, let's go ahead and jump into the games. Um, so we are talking about region four. So let's start with the one sixteen matchup. So we have Rockford files coached by, uh, the aforementioned coach future star. And then we have the Baton Rouge 56ers coached by coach Mingber. Uh, I'm sure I'm saying that right. And so Rockford is coming off the NTT championship. They've got their senior one, one class. Uh, and then their other three classes are just as studly. Um, they are, let's look at what they are top 10 in this, guys. This is going to be a little bit slower because Kyle has done this so much. Um, so they are, statistically top 10 uh they're number one in true shooting percentage number four in uh opponents true shooting percentage so they force the they force the fourth worst true shooting percentage uh they are number one in true shooting percentage margin which makes sense uh they are number six in rebound margin they're tied for first in assists uh they're number seven in blocks and they are number one in points i mean this is just an absolutely like stacked team right uh like i said you had that one one senior class with alfred keys and brown um they are going up against like i said baton rouge uh and baton rouge is actually not top 10 in any statistical category 
Um, and so what do you see in this coach or in this? Uh, I uh, see a landslide for Rockford. Um, <clears throat> they are really good and they retained all, all five starters from uh, a championship team. They're on a 16 game win streak. Um, you might look at their schedule and say they don't play anybody. And I would say uh, they have beaten number 18, Frankfurt. Their one or their one of their two regular season losses was against number 15, Memphis. They then came back and beat number 15 Memphis uh, in a blowout and then beat them a second time in the conference uh, tournament championship. So um, this team can play. Uh, they have a lot of guys that can score. Um, <clears throat> you know, the guys on their team were highly touted recruit for a reason. Um, and yeah, congrats to Baton Rouge for making it. I'm, I'm glad they're into the tournament. Um, they've, they're ranked number 121 and have the 250 ranked schedule. Um, you know, Baton Rouge is led by Jacob Staley and Lewis Johnson uh, offensively. Um, they do have a big guy in Thomas Torres who can rebound uh, a decent amount. Um, you know, not a, not a scorer, kind of a glue guy, defensive big. Um, so I give these guys a lot of credit. I uh, would love to see him keep it close, but I don't think it's going to be um, very much of a game. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to say it is. You know, you look at Baton Rouge. I mean, they made the Final Four two seasons ago, right? They entered the tournament 14-4. and four. Probably, I, I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure they were pretty low, um, lowly ranked team. And then they go 5-1 and one in the NTT, pretty good. I, I just think that they're a little too far from that. They don't have any class that really stands out. They come from a pretty weak conference in Conference 11. Uh, they get in through winning that. Uh, conference outright in the regular season. And then, I mean, you get the defending champs who have only gotten better since last year. So I, I, I don't think we need to dwell on this too much. We'll get to talk about Rockford uh, in a bit, a little bit more, but I, I think you're absolutely right about this. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into the game that is going to make everyone think <laughs> that we are biased. So we have the, uh, the Yuma favorite deputy uh, coached by coach cheese. Is he active? Oh, I was waiting for that question a little later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that question will come a little bit later. Um, uh, and they are going, they're the eight seed going up against Anchorage Red, coached by Coach Al Kaiser. When we look at your squad, um, Cheese, you guys are uh, top 10, number seven in offensive three, or opponents three points attempted. So you guys uh, don't see a lot of three pointers come your guys' way. And then when we look at Anchorage, I can spell Anchorage. They are number nine in true shooting percentage, uh, number seven in true shooting percentage margin, uh, and then number two in rebound margin. Uh, and so what do you see in sort of this own game as you think about uh, ways to sort of prep? Yeah, you know, the, the true shooting percentage margin has me concerned. Um, we have struggled against teams that are lights out defensively. Um, so I think about a team like Flagstaff we talked about uh, in a previous segment. And uh, we have really struggled mm -hmm. to score against Flagstaff. One one of the halves we played against them, we we shot 39% from the field. So, um, man, I think if, if we're only able to hit every third field goal, uh, we're going to lose this game. Um, <clears throat> so I, I look at, for us, uh, I think our shooting guard rotation is key. Um, both our starter and our, our backup at that position are guys that we really depend on. Um, and Anthony Berkowitz, the freshman, has been having a great year for us um, in, a, in a reserve role. 
um, 15.2 points per 30 coming off the bench. So um, that's nice. Uh, on, on the other side, though, I look at the I look at the defense, especially of their big men. Um, Ethan Walker and Justin Flowers uh, look like some forces that can both rebound, both block some shots. Um, I I don't think, well, I don't want to speak too soon and be overconfident. This looks like a team that we could handle defensively, but I wonder if, if their defense could get the best of us. So um, I'm not sure. i got to do some more prep on them. Sure. And, and this team is really interesting. So they have every single one of their starters is 58% true shooting percentage or above. Now, that's really small sample size for their point guard and center who are just scoring 5.1 and 3.1 points per game respectively. Um, but there are three guys in the middle. They score pretty efficiently, but they don't score a ton. And then their backup point guard actually gets half the minutes at point guard. Um, and he scores pretty efficiently as well. But you look at their schedule, they have the 187 strength of schedule. Um, and honestly, that's boosted by playing Casper in the um, out-of-conference games and then playing Santa Ana twice. Uh, those teams are 37th and 75th ranked, respectively. Uh, you also then, though, look, every other team is one, like 130 and above, essentially. Um, and then you look at their schedule, and it's like they started out 14-0, and 0, and they are now 14-4. and 4. Uh, for those of you trying to use your fingers to do the math at home, guys like Jesse, um, that that is four losses in a row. Uh, and these, uh, you know, Santa Ana is a pretty decent team. So they lose Santa Ana by two to end the regular season. And then in the conference tournament, they face 195th. Comma, they lose. They, by double digits, right. They they face Jocko's team in Seattle, who's 130th this year. They lose by five. Then they fa face Los Angeles, uh, and they lose uh, and they're ranked 197, and all, again, almost by double digits. And so, I don't know. I mean, you look at if this team had gone 18 uh, and 0, they'd probably be a two seed. Um, just looking at even like Cedar Rapids, who went 18 and 0 with a, a worse uh, strength of schedule. Um, I, so I think they'd be a one or a two seed. But then they are just absolutely gassed. It looks like. And so I actually I have you guys in this game as well, just as because well. of recent trends. But well, I'm uh, going to, but I haven't said it yet. I'll tell you why. Uh, yeah. Wow. Who do you pick, Chief? Um, sure. The yeah. reason why I think we're going to win this game is uh, our past first point guard, Nick Timmerman. Um, I've been waiting for like 48 <laughs> hours to say this. Uh, Nick Timmerman is leading the, leading the nation in assists this year, 11.4 per game, which is down from what it was earlier in the year. Um, he's going to end up hopefully number seven all time in assists, even though he didn't start his freshman year. Um, and he's a great defensive That's player. Um, when I'm looking at Anchorage, I think their most important scorer is their backup point guard. He's not their leading scorer, but I think he's arguably their most important um, at that position. So um, Timmerman plays a lot of minutes for us, and uh, he's really important defensively, not just as a distributor. Um, so I'm looking for him to have a big game. It's his senior year. He missed out on the NTT last year, um, and I think we get it done behind him. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Uh, yeah, I think that just like that Timmerman, Ethan Reese sort of combination. I mean, Timmerman has 11.4 assists per game, and you guys only have 18.3 per game, which is fine, right, number, right. Not like, but not outstanding, right? And so he has 11 eighteenths of your team's um, assists. That's wild that guys finish – off of his shots at, at such a high rate. 
Um, and so I think that he is just uh, he's just so important to Ethan Reese, who had a much lower true shooting percentage even in high school. And so uh, I, I think that you're right that uh, Timmerman is a real game changer here, even though Word. I don't like pass first point guards. All right, let's go and jump into the 413 matchup. Uh, and so we have the Independence Communists, um, coached by Coach CDC. Um, and then uh, we have the Lancaster Jarrett McLeans, coached by uh, Shad uh, in Conference 2. Uh, when we look at, uh, yeah, the statistics going on for these teams, uh, Independence is number four in free throw, or opponents' free throws attempted, so they don't foul very much. Uh, they're number one in steals. Uh, they are number 10 in blocks, and they are number four in foul margin. Whereas when we look at Lancaster, they are statistically relevant in one area, and that's opponent's free throws. And so neither team uh, really fouls very much. Um, you look at Independence, they are 14-4 and four with the uh, 37th uh, strength of schedule. So they actually are one of three at-large Conference 18 teams. Um, out of so we had 11 total at larges make the tournament and three of those came out of conference 18 so they finished third uh, in conference 18 in both the regular season and the tournament uh, they're led by their freshman benjamin mclean uh, who's who just shoots a lot and makes a lot so he is scoring 27.8 points per game on 57.8 true shooting percentage uh, makes two and a half threes per game uh, he's paired up with jim allen their big center uh, who is scoring 18.7 points per game on 59% true shooting. You look at a um, Lancaster, and they're they're really um, led by Samuel Poon, uh, who has a great name and is scoring 19.4 points per game, but not super efficiently. They don't have guys that score highly efficiently, but they do get a lot of bench points. Uh, I probably took some... No, nope, that's good. Points, but Benjamin, Benjamin McLean for Independence is, uh, is great. Um, Independence managed to be controversial with the mascot of their team and also with their coach's name with name which who knew cdc would be a, co a controversial uh name um but this feels to me a little bit like an offense defense matchup um lancaster's games uh they're, they're averaging 72 their opponents are averaging 67 um independence is averaging 86 and giving up uh 74 so um I think Lancaster's hope in this game is to slow it down and keep it in the 60s, 70s. Um, if they can do that and be a little more efficient than their averages, I actually think they have a shot in this game. Uh, Samuel, show me the poon, and Dion take me to the Woodhouse. Um, Dion Woodhouse, uh, their center, 6'11", um, nine rebounds, a uh, little less than two assists, a little more than two blocks, but not a huge scorer. Um, none of their front court is really scoring, um, but that's where it comes down to efficiency. Can they slow down the game enough to get quality shots and tip the scales against uh, a team in Independence who clearly has more firepower? Um, I think on paper, Independence uh, is the better team, uh, but something about it makes me want to take the upset here and go with Lancaster. Do it. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I think that Lancaster uh, can really affect teams defensively, but so so can Independence, and I just think that they can score at a better clip. I mean, they're a little bit more battle-tested. Conference 3 isn't necessarily like a world-beater 
conference, whereas Conference 18 is arguably even the best conference uh, in the nation at the top end. And so um, I'm going to go independence here fairly easy. I think that they actually have a decently deep run uh, in the tournament in them uh, just because they're battle tested. And I mean, they just create so many more opportunities when every single starter gets more than 1.1 steals per game. And then Benjamin McLean is averaging 2.4 steals per game. I mean, that's just wild to me. And so, yeah, I think that I think that the, the possessions can just be uh, the take the chalk here. pick. That's so easy. Go I get it. But no, I'm kidding. I'm, no disrespect yeah, to Independence. Go, They're I'm a great team. Easy. I'm an idiot, and they can make a big run. You know. Sure. 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 Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, all right, let's go to the uh, 5-12 matchup. And so we have the Baltimore Gnarlies taking on the Hot Springs Strollers. Baltimore Gnarlies is, of course, coached by Gnarly Time. Uh, because why wouldn't they be? And then the Hotspring Strollers is uh, coached by one of my um, <clears throat> conference mates in Conference 42, Go Land. I think that's how you say it, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, so this is Go Land 5. Maybe it's a different coach in, in Conference 42, because I think it's like Go Land 6 there. Um, so we look at Baltimore, uh, and they are statistically relevant in just one area. So they are they don't see a lot of three-pointers uh, attempted against them, against them, and then you look at Hot Springs, and they are statistically relevant in free throws attempted, so they get to the line quite a bit. Uh, opponents three points attempted, once again for them, and then uh, turnover margin, uh, they are number four there. So we look at Baltimore, and I mean, just their two through four guys are scoring pretty efficiently. Um, they're led by Marco Tucker, who's scoring 18 points a game at 58% true shooting. Uh, and then you look at Hot Springs, uh, and they're really led by their point guard, Jonathan Lawson. So he's scoring 22 points a game on 57% true shooting. Uh, and then they get some from their two and three. So it seems like a lot of wings, wing scoring, uh, and then a little bit more from the post with Baltimore and from the guard. Yeah, and it's interesting so to me that Hot Springs – their main thrust of scoring is one through three. And then with Baltimore, it's really two through four. So it's just a little bit off of one-to-one matchups at all three of those. Um, kind of in the center is the right, small right. forward matchup. Um, Andrew Smith averaging 12.4. Uh, not straight, but cross hood averaging 14.2. Um, so even though they are both the third leading scorers on their teams, I'm intrigued by that matchup. Um, and I'm looking at Cross Hood's defense there um, to see if he can hold Andrew Smith the single digits. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Baltimore has an advantage in um, in the rebounding margin and probably in their ability to pass, that their assists look a little better. Um, so those are some factors that make me lean uh, Baltimore's way here. Um, but I think it could be a competitive game. Yeah, I think that this is actually a pretty close game. And I'm even looking at the center position. I mean, so for Baltimore, Justin Johnson is getting 3.5 blocks per game. And then in uh, Hot Springs, uh, their their center, Adam, or Aiden Slattery, Slattery uh, is getting 3.2 blocks per game. And so I think that they just force um, a lot of bad shots in the post, which I think might affect uh, Baltimore here a little bit more. Um, but yeah. I don't know. This this one's a little bit tough for me. I mean, you look at even Hot Springs starting two six one guys and then three six eight guys. They've got the full house. Um, 
Baltimore has a little bit of more size uh, with uh, 2.69 guys down at the bottom. That 2.69 guys is a little bit more size because most teams in the NTT, that would be pretty small. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that both of these teams are not like super large. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I, I don't know where to go here. I, you know, I'm just going to throw it to my conference mate from 42. I'm going to go with Hot Springs. Um, with I'm going to stick with Baltimore. Um, yeah, I just I, I like the I like how they match up. And Justin Johnson is actually really good. I think he actually dominated. I mean, 10 boards, 3.2 assists, 1.6 steals, and then the 3.5 blocks you mentioned, uh, plus a few buckets a game. Yeah, yeah. That's true. It, it is interesting, though, because Jordan Ward, the power forward out of Hot Springs, yeah. he gets 3.7 offensive rebounds per game, which is pretty wild at the power forward position. Um, I, I'm interested to see uh, what the rebound margin looks like for these teams because Hot Springs could be sneaky. They just don't get as many because they don't uh, have as many possessions. The other team doesn't have as many possessions. But yeah. I don't know. We'll see. So you go Baltimore, I go Hot Springs. Let's go ahead and jump into the uh, – the bottom of the bracket let's look at the 215 matchup so we have the arlington blazers lowercase b coached by old miss 22 and then we got the portland ballers coached by ec ballers um naturally when you when we look at uh statistical categories arlington is not statistically um, relevant in any area uh, and then we look at portland and i have to click here before i start typing uh they are also not statistically, um, well, yeah, they're not stati statistically um, relevant in any other category either. As your like mouth gets drier, it's harder to say, say statistically. Um, so I'm gonna stop. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I might go away from that word. Uh, so the Blazers, uh, they're a pretty balanced team. Uh, they get about double digits from every starter, and then 9.2 points from their. Uh, well, he's played some small forward, some power forward. Um, so I'm actually not I, – I would need to look at what they're doing recently. So a pretty balanced team. Uh, and then you look at Portland, and they're almost identical. Um, they're led by Samir Townsend, um, who's a small forward, who's uh, has pretty good – what's that? The one that got away, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I knew I would heard that name. Um, he's part of the 101-60 class, and I think he's the reason that that – Ranking is going down because he looks like a stud. Six, 17 points a game on 63% true shooting, 3.2 to 1.6. Yeah, I think he was uh, maybe a 5.5. Five. Um, but yeah. I'll, was he? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's um, pretty saucy. Incredible uh, balance on both of these teams. Uh, I've said before I can't do math on the fly, um, but both these teams have, I don't know, 20-ish points off the bench every game. Mark Burgess for Arlington, mm -hmm. um, I think, is a key in in any game Arlington plays. Uh, he's averaging 9.2 in 21 minutes at the power forward, um, which you, you even wonder if he was playing small forward, if he would uh, be scoring a little more. Um, he started at small forward earlier in the year, um, really for most of the year, um, and had a few 20-point games. Um, he's been in single digits since he's been coming off the bench, but definitely a guy that can make an impact in this game. Um, Portland is just so balanced too. I mean, when you have four starters in double digits, uh, all of them really share the ball well. Um, I think this can be a lot closer than it looks on paper. Um, 
But uh, yeah, it's just kind of line for line. Um, these teams are pretty even, at, at least as the statistics go. Um, I'm going to take Arlington just for the chalk, but it could be close. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. And you even look at like, um, oh, and by the way, it's like uh, Arlington has 27 bench points. Yeah, and good, has about good job. Somewhere between 19 and 20. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, I went to college. So, um, <laughs> so did you. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I'm looking at the schedule, though. I mean, Arlington. They lost to Aberdeen and Omaha are two pretty good teams. They beat Norman and then beat San Antonio twice, uh, both times by double digits, by 20-plus points. Uh, and then you look at um, Portland, and they just they just really didn't beat anyone of note. I mean, they beat San Francisco once, um, but lost to San Francisco another time. And then, I mean, Vegas, uh, Jesse's team uh, in the same conference, is a pretty good team, even though they went six and twelve and ended up at the as a hundred eighty first team, and he beat them a couple times, but or just once, sorry. But um, I just don't think that they really beat anyone, and I think that yeah. And remember, so I'm, I'm, gonna go I'm actually looking a little bit at in the preseason, Portland played an exhibition game against Baltimore, who we just talked about, um, and they beat them by four points uh, in regulation, mm-hmm. no overtime. Um, oh. So. That just an interesting game to me, early season, you know, whatever. Interesting. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, they were scoring, like, ridiculous numbers in the regular season and then just couldn't, like, came back way back down to earth in the regular season. So, um, regardless, let's go ahead and jump into the uh, 7-10 matchup. So, we have the Tallahassee Chargers um, taking on the Carson City Savages. So, if memory serves me correctly, I'm pretty pretty sure – yeah, Carson City is the last at-large bid here um, in the tournament. So congrats, Coach. They just barely eked it out over Erie, um, who, if they had won their last game, would have gotten in. So sorry about that, Coach. Um, I was really cheering for my conference mate there. But uh, Tallahassee is coached by Coach Jay Laff, while as Carson City is coached by BK544, uh, who I think is also a conference mate in 42. But now I, I can't remember, to be honest. Um, so let's go ahead and look at the stats. Uh, so Tallahassee is not uh, relevant in any area, whereas Carson City has a couple of areas. So they are number two in opponent three points attempted and then number 10 in steals. And so um, you, everyone at home probably knows this, but I don't pay attention too much to opponent three points attempted. That's just a function of what your opponent decides to do. Um, but... Let's go ahead and look at the teams. And so you look at Tallahassee, uh, not a ton of scoring up and down the board. Pretty a balanced team again. Uh, they get the most from Garrett Ivory, their point guard. He scores about 16 a game at 63% true shooting. Uh, and you sure? not a pass-first point guard. Uh, has about a half an assist-to-turnover <laughs> ratio. 0.9 assists per game with 1.8 uh, turnovers per game. So, uh, And then Carson City is also led by their point guard, uh, Blake Swint, and so he scored about 19 a game on 57% true shooting, and then he his uh, assist turnover ratio is reversed, so it's a two to one uh, assist turnover ratio, or close to with 3.6. Yeah, to be honest, uh, the so first thing that jumps out at me is how are these two teams um, n- not showing more star power with the talent they have on both these rosters? <laughs> um, 
Tallahassee has a 12-8 class and then a top 50 class and a top 75 class. Carson's, uh, Carson City has a 1-2 sophomore class plus another top 15 and another top 75 class. Um, and zero players on either of these teams are averaging over 20 points a game. Nobody's really uh, earth-shattering assists. So it, I don't know if that's just great balance. And, I mean, both their benches do look pretty legit. We've talked about that. Um, they're getting a lot of you – know, especially Tallahassee, man, getting a lot of points from their bench. Connor Bow, Barry Johnson, um, who I guess converted maybe from mm-hmm. football, Jose Poland. Um, yeah, it's just an interesting matchup because there's not like one or two guys on these teams that sticks out um, despite how good their talent rankings have been. Um, Blake Swint is, uh, the leader on Carson city. Um, you know, that's no, uh, no secret, almost two steals per game. Uh, that could shake things up. Um, especially with a guy like Garrett Ivory, who, as you mentioned, his, uh, mm-hmm. turnovers are more than his assists. Um, something in me wants to go with Tallahassee here, despite the lack of a past first point guard. That's a, a, re- a really compelling analysis when you say something in me wants to pick this team. Three, three <laughs> yeah, guys yeah. off the bench it's averaging over six yeah, points agree. per game. Um, the math. What's their bench giving them? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty exciting. Uh, I, can, I can look at it here in a minute. Um, but you look at Carson City, so they're getting about 23 points a game off of their bench. And then um, – this is going really well. 19 plus 8. So 20, yeah, about 28 points per game. I did it before you. So Tallahassee. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty good. Um, I, I, I'm going to go with Carson City here, though. I think Blink Swint is just better uh, at playing the point than what Tallahassee has got going on there. I think he wins a day there. Both guys are getting good amount of steals but i th- i think blake's went just isn't going to give up uh those important possessions right. whereas uh tallahassee is and so i'm gonna go with carson city um let's go ahead and jump into the 314 matchup so we got the clear water sit rockers uh coached by coach jd uh who i call coach jade for a long time and then we got the idaho idaho falls uh, potatoes coached by coach striker uh and so we look at clear water um, they are relevant and they're number two in true shooting percentage. They are number two in true shooting percentage margin. And then that's the first one I said. Uh, and then they're number four in blocks. Whereas when we look at Idaho Falls, uh, they are pretty relevant in a couple areas. So they're number nine in free throws attempted. Uh, they're number nine in offensive rebounds, number five in foul margin, and then number nine in points allowed. So, they get quite a few possessions um, from offensive rebounds and they get to the line quite a bit. Um, and then they play pretty good defense. Uh, I see a matchup a nightmare so, uh, with matchup, seven foot small forward, Jordan Morris. Um, he played some center this year, but has been at the, mm. at the wing um, for kind of the remainder of the year. Um, not a scorer. Uh, only 6.6 boards, but 4.3 assists, 2.9 blocks uh, at the small forward. He's going to be, well, I guess if, if it's the most, he's either going up against 
uh, 6'4", Daryl Hickman, or 6'5", Kenton Osorio here, um, which Idaho Falls has four guys starting, averaging double digits. Um, but it is just so intriguing to me to put a guy that, that a guy that's that long um, out there at the small forward who can kind of move around. I would assume he's decently athletic and can guard different positions there. Um, so that's intriguing to me. Uh, this Clearwater team doesn't have the balance that Idaho Falls uh, has, but they do have two guys in their backcourt that are really pretty efficient, um, 61.5 and 59.5, true shooting, both averaging over 23 a game. Um, so uh, I do think Clearwater uh, has the, the clear advantage here, um, uh, and I'm going to go with them. Uh, I'm wondering how Franco Russell is going to respond to this game, the center for Idaho Falls. Obviously, Clearwater has a lot of height, um, but Russell for Idaho Falls is averaging almost 12 boards, 3.7 blocks, 2.2 assists. So uh, he's he's a factor in this game as well. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, full disclosure, I don't think that this game is going to be particularly close. However... Uh, I told Coach JD during the PNTT um, when we were doing a podcast together, he told me that uh, Clearwater has essentially gotten out around before we have said every single year. And so it's like we pick them to go to the Final Four, they get out in the Elite Eight, we pick them to, to lose, and even in the second round, they lose in the first round. So I told him that I would pick them to lose in the first round, uh, therefore, or thereby uh, breaking the the curse in the cycle because if i pick them to lose in the first round then they're going to win the whole thing and so i think clearwater gets their everyone knows that this um, podcast is extremely indicative of what happens in the ntt correct correct i checked i always check my uh uh, my predictions and i've never gotten one wrong yeah right right right. i'm the best at doing this yeah (laughs) i'm just kidding uh you, you can check me if you want um right. <laughs> yeah i mean we don't need to spend much time on this i i think that clearwater is a pretty heavy favorite here great I'm, I'm pretty surprised honestly that they're a three seed um i thought they would be much higher so all right let's go ahead and go into the, our final matchup so we got the fort myers sunsets coached by coach bulldog uh and then the austin grillos coached by coach dickey um and so fort myers uh is statistically category and quite a f- statistically relevant in quite a few areas uh so opponents free throws attempted they don't foul very much uh opponents true shooting percentage so they force pretty bad shot uh they're number eight there uh assists their number eight steals their number four blocks their number three uh foul margin their number three and then points allowed their number six we look at austin uh and they are relevant in two areas so they um, their opponents don't shoot very many threes, uh, and then they they also have a pretty high, a pretty, yeah, th- they rank well in foul margin. Uh, they're number nine there, uh, and so you look at Fort uh, Bulldogs, Fort Myers. Uh, they're really led by Jesse Jones. Uh, I mean, James's brother scoring 28.2 points per game on a 61% true shooting percentage, and then you look at, I mean. Isaiah Stevens is an absolute beast. I have no idea how his freshman class is 142-149 because Isaiah Stevens, so listen, it's 13.4 points per game. That's fine. 57% true shooting. That's pretty good. Uh, 9.9 rebounds with 3.4 offensive rebounds, 1.2 steals, and 5.6 blocks. 
that's ridiculous. This guy was averaging 4.1 blocks per game in high school, and he's only gotten better. Uh, and so I, I love to see that from Fort Myers. They even have their, their power forwards averaging 2.6 blocks per game. Um, you then look at Austin. They're really led by three guys scoring in the 16s. Um, and so their point guard, Barber, Diego Buddy, their uh, shooting guard, and then William Stillman. And all three of those guys over 50% field goal. A little bit above 16 points per game. Yeah, yeah, which is great. Yeah, I was going to mention the three guys in the 16s as well. Um, To me, that's a big difference from if you had three guys scoring, you know, 12, 11, and 17. I think three guys that are relatively uh, equal and, you know, probably all three of those guys could go for 20 on any given night um, makes it harder to guard than even one guy scoring mm-hmm. 20, 25 and two guys scoring 10 to 12. Um, you can't key in on just one guy as much, um, which that's what Fort Myers has is one guy to key in on and Jesse Jones, um, not to knock him at all. I mean, he's crazy efficient, 61% true shooting. Um, so uh Fort Myers is great, but here's what I look at in the schedules of these two teams. Fort Myers leaves something to be desired in their schedule. Um, Lots of middling teams um, dropped a couple head scratchers that you think, you know, is that a game that an NTT team should lose? Needed to take number 194 Athens to overtime to get the win uh, in the last week of the regular season. Um, but you look at it and you say early in the season, they did beat number 21 Baltimore, who's an NTT team on Austin's side. Um, they had a disaster the last week of the regular season dropped three state, uh, three straight all by well, not uh, two out of three were by double digits, um, against good teams. Um, but then they responded in their conference tournament, ripping off three wins, um, avenging two of those losses from the previous week. And, uh, beating number 55 Shawnee and number 29 Plainview. Um, man, I think they have shown up and shown they can play with good teams. And I think Austin gets this win because of the tough schedule they've played um, and because they're just a little more battle-tested this year than Fort Myers is. Nice. I like it. I like it. I, Absolutely. I think I'm, I'm just enamored with Isaiah Stevens' 5.6 blocks per game. So yeah, that, he's a crazy just player. For reason, I'm going to pick Fort Myers, but you're probably right. Um, let's, yeah, let's go ahead and run through um, what we think is going to happen in this region. And once again, JD, uh, if I say Idaho <laughs> Falls, just know I actually mean you. Um, okay, so uh, I've got. Sadly, very sadly, I think that Rockford is going to be a snake in the boot of Yuma. Um, I'll have Independence over Hot Springs. Uh, I'm going to have Carson City over Arlington. And then Idaho Falls over Fort Myers. Uh, And then I have Rockford over Independence. uh, Idaho Falls over Carson City. And then Rockford is getting to... uh, Yeah, there's some similarities here. Um, I also have Rockford over Yuma. Uh, Baltimore over Lancaster in that second quadrant, Arlington over Tallahassee, and then Clearwater over Austin, um, Rockford over Baltimore, Clearwater over Arlington, which can't wait to see that game. And then also can't wait to see uh, Rockford Clearwater, but I'm going with Rockford as well. Yeah. Okay. 
Cool. And so that uh, oh, yeah. wraps up this region. Oh, actually, let's go ahead and talk about uh, guys to watch real quick. Um, so I've got, yeah. I mean, all three guys from Rockford, particularly hey, John Brown I'll be watching. I think Ethan Reese with you guys is really fun. Uh, ben McLean, and then the Jacob Adam, Jake Adams, Cody Peters combo, Jesse Jones, Jim Allen, Isaiah Stevens. Um, all really, really. I didn't guys. have anybody written down that you didn't mention. What's interesting to me in this region is I felt like a lot of these teams have uh, really good balance. Spread the ball well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree. Yeah, I feel like Region One and Region Three, or Region Four. So the first and fourth region really mirror each other. Uh, yeah, and I didn't write these names down. I, w- I wish I had, but a guy similar to Isaiah Stevens, uh, who we just talked about, um, these bigs who are putting up these gaudy defensive numbers are so interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're so fun. I mean, I just graduated two seven-foot guys who were both averaging four blocks per game, and I severely miss them, you know. Um my my two bigs are still getting two and two point two blocks mm-hmm. per game, but it's just not as fun um, when you don't have those sort of studs. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and talk about the the final four picks here, um, just to run through and remind everyone, including ourselves, what we picked. Um, so Kyle, well, all three of us had Nashville. Um, Kyle had Pittsburgh. I had Frankfurt, and you had Eugene in Region Two. In Region Three, Kyle and I had Waterloo, and you had Miami. Oh, so you picked me for a second round loss. I see you. I haven't listened to that podcast yet. Uh, and then all three of us picked Rockford uh, to win this region. And so um, I'll just let you know while you decide what you think is going to happen in your games. Uh, Kyle has Nashville beating Pittsburgh, Rockford beating Waterloo, and which is the same championship game as the PNTT. So if there's not a better predictor for the NTT than the PNTT, then I don't know what to tell you. Um so and then he also has Nashville once again beating Rockford. So he picked himself for the championship, which is pretty fun. Um, so I've been a big believer in Miami, uh, looking at uh, this whole field of sixty-four. Um, I have Miami losing to Rockford on that side of the bracket, and then uh, I wanted to go with an upset here. I think Nashville is really, really good and going to be favored. Um, I'm going to go with Eugene to get to the final game. I think Rockford repeats. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and go with Nashville over Frankfurt. And then I, I really like Waterloo, um, but I just think Rockford is just too good. So I'm going to pick Rockford over Waterloo. Yeah. And then I, I sadly am going to pick Nashville, same as Kyle. Um, yeah, I think of those, probably of those three years, this year might be the most Nashville legit chance we have. Championships. But and and I think the yeah I think so too. And what's funny is the last time I picked um, Nashville to win the championship, I won the championship. And so let's go ahead and throw throw that on out there. Um, yeah. Except yeah. So, say, yeah, guys. Uh, if Nashville wins this year, there's going to be an odd man out on really the podcast. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll just yeah. win in forty-two, yeah, and then back. that'll be mine. Champs only, baby. <laughs> sure. Deal. Deal. Yeah, that sounds good. But yeah, guys, I uh, we really appreciate you listening and giving us your feedback. Five star review, baby. Uh, rate us on app. I'm just kidding. We don't care about ratings. Uh, we. Yeah, yeah, we make this for 
25 to 50 people. Um, yeah, uh, hit us up on the boards what you guys think, and we are just as excited as you guys are to see how these two weeks play out. So we'll talk to everyone later. Word, uh, peace good out. Night, goodbye, and I don't have anything else, so good times. All right. Well, yeah, it was fun, man. Wow, an hour on just one region. Here. I'm getting pretty tired, so thanks for doing this. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, 15 minutes was... was <sighs> Stupid libs. About. On the lib, man. Yeah, liberals. I mean, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no.